Beautiful, beautiful people. Beautiful, 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 beautiful people. I, uh, I'm excited to have you guys back here. Welcome back to the ALG podcast. I got Cody on with us. Cody has been, it's, I love social media. I love and hate social media so much because it can create such great relationships that you would never meet without it. And it can also put some information out there that is awful. It can make people hate each other for no reason. And so it, it is fascinating on that standpoint. But I wanted to really convey how cool it is that I've met Cody purely through Instagram. Um, it seems to be the, the move that we've been doing. And Cody and I met a couple of years ago. And just, just seeing his story, getting into um, nutrition, hearing his A to Z, I got really inspired by him, honestly. Um, he was one of the first people that I reached out to when I was deciding I was going to do a bodybuilding show. And so he kind of gave me some different tips, tricks on that whole realm. Um, but I really want to have Cody come on here and share some of his story because it is quite unique. And so with that being said, Cody, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me guys. What's going on everybody. My name is Cody Durakovic, uh, Tampa native, um, you know, born, raised, um, you know, getting, getting started with my story, first and foremost, I want to say that life and the opportunity to live is absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, life in itself is just such an awesome experience. And, uh, you know, I've adopted that um, type of mindset. I haven't always thought this way, but after some life events, uh, I've learned from, you know, certain lessons and uh, that's my story now and I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, isn't that man. cool? We can kind of make it to where we want it to be. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Everything's a choice, right? Uh, if, if we have will, uh, there's a way, right? <laughs> Amen. Um, so uh, I'll bring you guys back to childhood real quick. Um, you know, growing up in Tampa, um, my, my parents had a construction business that was uh, doing well. And, um, you know, playing Little League football in this, in this town where my mom grew up and, and my dad, you know, had his business. Uh, we were connected to a lot of people in the community. Um, I was, um, you know, bullied growing up, which I think most people at some point in time have experienced bullying, uh, whether it's about yeah. their weight, their education, their, their skin color, <laughs> their attitude, their look, whatever it may be, where they live. Um, you know, so I think a lot of people, people get relate. bullied for being too good looking. Like, yeah, how is yeah, that even sure. crazy? Yeah, that, that wasn't me. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, moving along here, you know, I... I was very much like a family kid, um, you know, due to what I experienced in the school system specifically. Um, I didn't really want to connect with a lot of other kids when I was younger, um, you know, kind of felt like the lone wolf. Um, but things got, you know, worse as my childhood, you know, went on. Mm -hmm. um, I moved when I was about seven to a new city, went to new schools, and then that's when things got tough for me. Um, I went to a more affluent community uh, with a better education system. And that was even harder for me. I struggled with my education. Uh, I couldn't read and write well, um, you know, and that was such a struggle. Uh, back when we were growing up, uh, you know, it was very common that you had to interact in the classroom. And, and I don't know how it is today because, you know, I haven't been a part of the school system in a long, long time. <laughs> but, um, you know, kids would pick on me to read books out loud in class and I just couldn't do it, um, right. you know, so that led to, you know, laughing, pointing, uh, and then, you know, purposeful call outs, you know, just to, you know, hear me try, <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, the, the joke, you know, of the classroom and, and every grade leading up, uh, until about my sophomore year in high school. So, um, dealing with those troubling times, you know, I went into high school, uh, after, you know, elementary and middle school, um, kind of sheltered, you know, in the sense of, again, you know, networking with people and uh, my communication skills were really, really good at home. And I was pretty quiet at school. Um, and, you know, those things, you know, burned inside, they really hurt me, uh, the things that people would say about me, um, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget, once I started to gain a little bit of power um, through sports, right, I played sports since I was five years old, primarily football was my, my go to sport. And, uh, I got really good, good to the point where, you know, people close to me were like, Cody, you should pursue this. You know, you could make something out of yourself uh, in sports. 
So, you know, I was listening to them and, and around my sophomore year, you know, growth spurts hit. Uh, I got big, I got strong. I got so big and so strong so fast from my freshman year to my sophomore year. I came back to school my sophomore year and people were like, holy heck, who is this guy? He's changed, he's changed immensely. His parents must be feeding him beaver tranquilizers, like all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff I would hear, you know. And the truth is, it was just a lot of hard work, uh, you know, a lot of me being alone, working with my dad uh, primarily, um, you know, every day that we possibly could to work on this new dream, right? So uh, I created this dream of playing, you know, football in college. Well, when I gained a little bit of power that sophomore year in high school, um, the things that I, I dealt with growing up uh, started to, um, you know, eat me up so bad inside, I began to, I began to rebel, right? right. So uh, the, the people that I had grown up with in, in my town uh, still was going to school with them. So now that I had power and I was becoming kind of a cool kid, which I had never been before. Um, I started to treat people poorly. And this went on for about two years. Uh, you know, my sophomore year, my junior year, and and what what I'm just intrigued, what's your definition of treating people poorly? What were you doing? Oh, man, I, mean, I gotta know. The, the we talking like throwing kids in lockers, because you're so big? Yeah, or what actually, were you doing? That, that did that did happen several times. I'd put kids in trash cans. Um, I would uh, stick up for people that I loved, you know, at school that also got picked on. So if I saw somebody getting picked on, I don't care if I knew them or not. The person that was being picked on, uh, I was going to protect and the person doing the picking was going to get some type of consequence. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, throwing people in the lockers, I, I hate to say it, um, but, you know, I'm a changed man. Don't do stuff <laughs> like that anymore. Um, you know, uh, scaring people was something I was good at. I was intimidating at the time. And as, you know, I, I went along uh, throughout my high school years, I got bigger and stronger and, and more popular. And, you know, by the time I was a junior and, and ending my junior year of high school, that's kind of like what I was known as, like the bully. And just, you know, a lot of things in my life have been very sudden, uh, especially when it comes down to choices of mine. I, I make a choice and I, I just go for it. Um, right. I don't like do much thinking. Uh, and that's kind of why I w was rebelling, right? It was like, well, this person hurt me. I'm going to do something to them to, you know, kind of repay them for the pain that they put uh, on me. In reality, now I understand that I was really self-inflicting the pain because I, I chose to accept those people's words and actions as harm to myself where I could have just kind of laughed it off and be like, you know what, I'm greater than this. I'm going to be the bigger person. But, you know, big life lesson for me, you know, and, and as far as how I, I am today and how I treat people was realizing that the person I was throughout, you know, high school uh, with the popularity, the strength and the power was not who I really was. Right. Uh, I was definitely, you know, I was becoming somebody that I was not. And I recognized that. Uh, but, you know, kind of too late uh, for me in high school, I was, I was at this time at the end of my junior year in high school known as the bully. Like, don't mess with that guy. Uh, you know, he's probably going to mess you up. <laughs> so and, so uh, before, I don't mean to cut you off, Cody, but yeah. before, before you became the bully, when you were, when you were getting bullied, um, what were some of the things besides education that you were being picked on for? Were you heavy growing up? Like, what, what was kind of your... What was your background? What was like, what was going on then? So I wasn't, I wasn't heavy. Um, I was kind of your average little long haired skateboarder kid, uh, right. you know, back in the, the late nineties, early two thousands. And uh, most of the time it was my education. Uh, gotcha. My parents were successful. So, um, you know, even whenever, you know, I'll just say my parents, you know, did well for themselves. And whenever you are, let's say you're pretty or you're wealthy or whatever you have it more, you have some things more than others do people will pick on you for that as well. So, you know, getting, growing up, you know, even though people didn't really know what was going on, you know, behind the house or in the house, um, you know, and I was dealing with things that were going on with my family. Um, you know, I would, I would get crap about my family where we lived, you know, uh, things that my parents had or whatever it was, you know, and those right. things are out of my control. Um, you know, I, I also got picked on for sports, uh, no matter how good you may be or how good others may think you are. There's also people out there that think you suck. Um, there's pro athletes out there getting paid millions and millions of dollars a year who have, you know, hate Instagram pages and, right. and hate, hate pages and, and groups out there that like just give them a bunch of crap. And I was young and I didn't know how to deal with that stuff at the time. So uh, again, you know, there was, there was a lot, I think that most people do go through these things though, right? Whether it's sports, their looks again, where they're living, um, you know, if they have single parents or whatever, maybe it might not be them specifically, but getting bullied is something a lot of people can relate to. Um, and I think that some or most people go through it uh, in some form or another. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
so kind of like anything and everything the most the most um like heart-wrenching for me was the education part because like I wasn't I wasn't I didn't think I was stupid but being called like stupid dumb retarded all the time whatever name was thrown at me um it it, you know it hurts and whenever you're hurt um you're not functioning at full capacity so then things in your life do kind of start to lack and um you know, when you're young, especially you don't really know how to deal with these things in life. And at the time, um, you know, I, I didn't really have anybody to reach out to. Yes, my mom and dad were great. I love them to death, but mm-hmm. they weren't the people at the time that I felt like I could go to. I had done mm-hmm. that in the past, but there became a point where like my pride was, was too much to where like I could ask people for help, you know, and now on the flip side, I'm the type of person that's like, ask me anything. Like, I want to be that person for everybody else. Like right. make sure you ask, you know, because uh-huh. if you don't ask, you can't receive anything. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of getting back to, you know, that, that time in high school where, uh, I realized I was, I was, you know, becoming somebody I am not, uh, I decided to change. I said, you know what, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop rebelling on people. I'm going to start treating everybody extremely nice. And it was this really fast transition for me, but obviously a really slow transition for everybody else. It was like, whoa, who's this new Cody? Like, who's this (laughs) guy that's now smiling at me and waving at me and asking if I'm okay. And, you know, like, we're not used to this, um, which I got more hate for, you know? Well, you've been mean to us all this time. Uh, So I just started explaining myself. Look, hey, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I know sorry doesn't always, you know, um, you know, have the cure for everybody. But I would say, look, uh, the truth is, uh, what I was doing to you was done to me at one point, mm-hmm. And I was rebelling. And I hope you can forgive me. If not, that's okay. But if you ever need me for anything, I want you to know that I am not who you see me as uh, I'm better than that. And now I realize that and I can be somebody that can help you. And I would love the opportunity to um, if it ever comes around. And that. from that point on, um, I never went back. Um, you know, there, there's been times over the years where things have happened to me. People have said things to me, especially starting my companies, which, uh, I own two nutri shops here in Tampa, uh, shop, boom. And, um, <laughs> you know, starting a business really young, like right out of college, 21 years old, I went through, you know, similar things like people saying, you're not gonna be able to do that. You're crazy. Right. Um, you know, a different form of bullying as an adult. And, you know, by that time I was educated enough and I knew myself well enough to like, not let it get to me, but use it as fuel as, as energy to, to push me forward, right? Propel me to the next phase of my life uh, that I was about to, you know, enter. Um, but, you know, fast forward to uh, my senior year, um, by halfway through my senior year, I, I, you know, developed better relationships with people and understood how important it is to have, you know, this uh, support system that believes in you, that, right. you know, sees well in you. Um, but, you know, the majority, um, you know, saw me as the new improved me that I was. Uh, there was still, you know, a group of people that absolutely hated my guts, which, um, you know, I am not proud of by all means, but, um, you know, I did what I did. And, and mm-hmm. again, for some people, that's, uh, it doesn't matter what I'll ever do the rest of my life. What I did to them is enough to, or what I said to them was enough to, um, you know, put me on their bad list forever. And, mm-hmm. uh, I get it. And, uh, you know, if maybe any of those people hear this someday, um, they'll, you know, have a better understanding of why. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, around halfway through my senior year, um, the, the college dream of playing division one football, uh, you know, became my reality, you know, recruiters coming to see me practice and play, uh, getting letters from colleges, um, you know, talking to college coaches and, and, and it was crazy, but it, it made me realize that I, I wasn't the, the person again, it gave me reassurance. I wasn't the person again, people told me I was my whole life. I was me. I was unique. Uh, I had the ability to do things that a lot of people wanted to do and I needed to be a role model for other people. So right. no longer just doing things for me anymore. Um, you know, I'm now doing things because I want other people to believe that they can. And I want other people to believe that they can go through the same changes that I made. Um, so to let people know out there, some of these athletes that may listen to this in the future or, you know, here soon, uh, when I entered high school, I was uh, 135 pounds. I was five foot four. And by the time I graduated high school, I was six foot two and 230 pounds. God damn. Um, so a lot of, <laughs> a lot of growth, a lot of growth physically, but you know, also mentally, uh, right. in those years, it was definitely more physical growth than mental growth. It wasn't until right. I got into college and surrounded by a completely new demographic of people. It was like, I wasn't even in my hometown anymore. Uh, I'm on, you know, I'm on the university of South Florida's campus in the locker room with all these other guys from all these different places. And that's when I really started to understand 
how I had to be dynamic, right? I needed to uh, learn how to deal with different personalities and different people from different places. And uh, I created a bond with my teammates that was like no other, right? And I wasn't used to that because in, in middle school, or elementary school, middle school, high school, even if you're on a sports team, like there are still people on the team that don't want to be connected, that aren't team players, that are selfish. And when you're playing division one sports, uh, it's not like that anymore. Uh, there might be one or two guys, you know, that have to get kind of broken in and used to the system. But, you know, most people come in like with open arms and they're like, look, this is, this is serious. Now this is where we develop uh, potential for the NFL. And right. it became a career, right? Not just, you know, it's not just intramurals anymore or little league or even high school. It's like, what position is, did you play? Uh, I played linebacker uh, oh, the majority of my football career, a little bit of tight end, you know, when I was younger, um, sometimes defensive end, but linebacker is where I excelled. Now, uh, you know, that childhood dream of mine uh, to play, you know, college football, especially Division One, uh, when it became true, I developed uh, popularity. You know, I, I, I didn't let that at this point turn into what I let it turn into in, uh, in high school um, and let it, you know, be a negative uh, energy for me. Uh, you know, instead, I used it again to be more of a role model and to, to still find myself. But I developed this popularity and, you know, I was, um, you know, whatever it comes down to girls, my family, my friends, like they all looked up to me and it wasn't shortly after, um, this awesome accomplishment for me that I got injured, uh, my freshman year, um, I blew my knee out, uh, tore my meniscus, my, my broke my kneecap, um, dislocated my leg. Uh, it was a very serious injury, a uh, bunch of other things tore in there as well. Had reconstructive knee surgery, came back. They didn't boot me. Thank you thankfully, uh, which does happen a lot of times when you get injured in college. Oh, true. And, um, how long were you on the shelf for? Uh, I was out. How long was I out? Yeah. Uh, I was out for uh, a year and three months, I believe. Wow. Like, that's like a long time like for that. college sports. Yeah. 14 months, I believe 13 yeah. or 14 months. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, that definitely put me into an uncomfortable place where right. I felt like my dream had been crushed, but, uh, you know, fought, uh, that's where more personal development happened. And I said, you know yeah. what? I can get through this. I can come back. There was also some doubts, right? I was doubtful if I would be able to play the same again. And to be completely honest, uh, I did never play the same again, but I did give my best. I gave my best energy. Um, I let this, uh, you know, show other people that they can deal with adversity and come back, you know, and, and still, you know, pursue their dream or accomplish goals. And I came back my, my sophomore and junior year. I played a little bit, never played a ton because truthfully, I, like I said, I never played the same again. Uh, my skill was still awesome, but mentally I went through um, this battle where right. my knee was fine, but I didn't think it was right. right. So mm -hmm. I kind of like tiptoed and um, you know, didn't half-ass anything, never did, never will. But uh, I tell you what, just, time, just on one second, um, linebackers to me are the craziest people on the face yeah, of the earth. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you just, you watch that position because you take the most hits, the hardest hits consistently throughout a game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you watch, you watch like different, different linebackers and you just, you just know that they're just freaks. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah how, did, how did you, how did you deal with that, that like mental hardship of, of being injured? Cause I know for me, I, I do professional wrestling. Uh, I tore my meniscus. You know, I was out, I had surgery, and I remember feeling like that place of doubt for a really long time of just like, if is, when is this going to be over? Is, you know, am I going to be just as good? So how did you deal with that, like, just the downtime? Because then you're, you're just alone, you know what I mean? Yeah, so this is going to get good. Um, you know, so once I found out I was injured, I was having surgery, like, within two weeks after the injury, like, in right. college, they, like, get you in, get you out. Like, the yeah. team surgeons do everything. Uh, my coaches said, Cody, we're going to hold on to you. We believe in you that gave me a lot of encouragement. My family and friends were like, Cody, like, you know, you can do this. Uh, you know, we've seen you, you know, battle with injuries before. And, and at this point in time, um, it wasn't, this wasn't really adversity to me. It was a challenge for sure, but it wasn't something that was going to stop me. Right. Uh, and this story is going to get good here in, in a minute um, because there's, there's a counter injury to this one um, that ended it all for me. So um, you know, I came back, I fought, I trained my ass off. I used this time to be in the gym as much as possible to get in great shape, uh, right. to build my strength everywhere else, to work out the other leg that wasn't injured, uh, to help with recovery on the leg that was injured. And um, like, like I said, came back, played again, even though I didn't play this, the same, I was still playing at a, a high level. Right. So I had teammates that re relied on me, whether it was just being on the practice team, you know, like there was parts of, of me like freshly getting back on the field where, you know, I wasn't, 
you know, getting dressed for games. I would go to games, be on the sideline in my jersey and basketball shorts. But, um, you know, that didn't phase me. At the time, I was like, look, my teammates need me. I'm back. I'm in action. I'm going to get well again. And, right. you know, that kind of whittled away. And, and I came, you know, past that and um, had the time of my life. We won some bowl games uh, my, um, my freshman year and my junior year where I got some awesome rings and, you know, that was a very prideful moment for me and my teammates. And going into my senior year, I started to deal with a back injury that I didn't really know was a back injury. I thought I was just dealing with some muscle spasms um, and I just kept pushing. Right. And this time I was terrified that I was injured. So I was right. telling myself all the time I wasn't. Um, and, you know, for anybody out there who may be going through something similar, seek advice. Again, ask people questions. Um, I should have asked our trainers and our doctors, as soon as I started feeling, um, you know, not 100% uh, what the issue was or if I could get checked out, but I didn't because I was terrified that it could potentially be another injury and that I have to be out more and I wouldn't be able to progress. And then the whole thought of, okay, well, now my dream is to play in the NFL. Like, I can't, I can't let my dream be at risk anymore. Like, I have to keep pushing. I have to get every, give it everything. Well, uh, long story short, uh, it got to the point where I was getting extremely dizzy. Um, my sleep was you know, being deprived, uh, mood swings, uh, I couldn't tie my shoes, um, just terrible back pains all the time. Um, and my memory, my memory is also, you know, like kind of sketchy at the time. I was like, what the heck is going on? So I was squatting one day with this back injury and felt something really uncomfortable. Um, not so much painful, just uncomfortable. And I was like, all right, this is it. Uh, kind of walked, waddled into the training room at, at the University of South Florida. And I said, hey, uh, the guy's name was Steve Walls, our head trainer. I said, Steve, uh, I need some help, man. Like, there's something going on. He's like, you know, what's crazy is like, we've noticed. Like, we've noticed that you're not, you know, so they noticed. You know, they, they're right. watching all of us like hawks. They're invested in us. So I was like, yeah, I need to go, you know, get some tests on MRIs, x-rays, whatever we got. And, you know, after uh, I got those tests done, uh, they, my coaches sat me down and said, and my trainers and said, Cody, uh, you know, this isn't good. And they told me what was wrong. I have something called degenerative disc syndrome. The disc in my L5 and S1 were just gone, like degenerated. Uh, my back was stated as that of a, a 65 year old male uh, when I was 20. Um, nice. So they said, you're going to have surgery. Uh, if you want it, you're going to have surgery in uh, two weeks. And I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. And then to end it, they said, uh, this is it for your football career. Uh, you're not gonna be able to play sports anymore. And this is when uh, I, I got into the lowest time of my life. And it was very traumatic for me. Um, because my whole life, you know, I was kind of made fun of, uh, you know, put down, told I couldn't do it, um, you know, even in sports. And I had made it to that point. And at that point in time, my whole childhood kind of flashed before me, like, dang, like, everything that people told me I couldn't do, like, I really can't do, you know, like, mm -hmm. this is it for me. Right. And that uh, steered me down a dark road, depression, um, just moody, it kind of kind of took me back to where I was uh, my sophomore and junior year of high school, where I, I became um, not pleasant to be around. Um, you know, I felt uh, very vulnerable. Um, I felt just troubled in many different ways. And uh, I couldn't go to class anymore, so I couldn't interact with my peers. Uh, I wasn't seeing my teammates. Um, I would sit at home. You know, I would do work from my computer, um, and it was just a sad time for me. And I let my body go at that time, and the more I let my body go, the more I got mentally weak. And it got to a point where, um, you know, I, I didn't really want to be alive. Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, I was like, what, what, am, what is life anymore? I don't have what I've worked for my entire life, so you know, there's no real point anymore. Right. And I dealt with that for about a year. And the doctors and the therapy I was going through, uh, you know, were definitely limiting me and my potential to grow outside of this, this dark place. And I, I gained a lot of body fat. I, I went from, you know, six to 250 pounds at this time, um, and very low body fat percentage to a very high body fat percentage. Um, you know, lost a ton of muscle, gained a lot of weight. And it, this was troubling for me, but I didn't really realize it because, uh, you know, fat doesn't just like a, come on overnight. You know, right. it was like a long period of time that I had to kind of let my body slip. But um, 
what really made me realize that I had changed and, and, and what hurt me the most was that like friends that, uh, you know, acted like I was God when I was playing college football weren't around anymore. Uh, my, my communication and relationship with my dad and people in my family uh, started to fade. And it's because like they felt, well, I felt like they didn't have a reason to speak to me the same way or, or as much, you know, like there wasn't as much connection there uh, or, or potentially in my point of view, I didn't feel as loved because I wasn't playing sports anymore. Um, you know, so I went from like an all time high to an all time low and kind of a blink of an eye. And, um, you know, that was a lot of the reason why, um, you know, I, I went down that dark path, but the thing is, you know, like I said earlier, I've always been the type to, to make a choice and to just run with it. And mm-hmm. I caught myself flipping, um, you know, 32% body fat, which is very unhealthy for a man, uh, as you guys know, right, from, mm-hmm. from the journeys <laughs> that you've been yeah. through. Um, I was eating a brownie in my, my I was living with my parents, uh, working you know, dead-end jobs, just trying to make, you know, a little bit of money. Couldn't really do anything physical. Um, you know, so I was eating a brownie in my, my, my parents' kitchen one night when everybody else in the house is asleep and I, I didn't have a shirt on. And as I'm about to take a bite of this brownie, I tilt my head down and I realized how big my gut was. <laughs> and I literally said to myself, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, that was mm-hmm. the words to myself. And at that point in time, I said, tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to stop letting the doctors limit me uh, to what I can do. I'm going to start doing something about this. I'm going to sign up at a gym but I was terrified of getting back out in my hometown community and being seen um, one. Right. Cause like I wasn't playing football anymore. Um, so I didn't feel like I could connect with people uh, Two, I was out of shape. So I didn't want people to see me. And uh, so I signed up at an anytime fitness, uh, you know, and I started to just walk on the Stairmaster. I really couldn't lift weights at all. Um, you know, putting uh, pressure or strain on, on my abdomen or my back uh, was just something that was terrifying to me. But I started to walk on the Stairmaster for 40 minutes to an hour, six to seven days a week. And I did that for about a year and I created an awesome transformation uh, in my eyes. Um, and once I got uh, my, my body weight down to 193 pounds at my all time low, um, you know, I lost over 60 pounds. Then people started to recognize me again. Wow, Cody, you've made some crazy changes. We've seen you on Facebook because as time went on, I started to use social media as a platform to um, inspire others, right? right? Like, look, if you're going through something uh, like I am, just know that, you know, it's not the end that you could do something about it. And then people started to reach out to me and say, Hey, like, I've seen what you've done. Can you help me out? And, you know, at first I started helping people out, just giving them advice. And, and, and at this time I wasn't educated, right? I didn't have any kind of credentials or education uh, in fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, but uh, just out of you know, pure will to help others, I just shared what I was doing for free with other people. And I helped people create some transformations, uh, you know, over a short period of time. And then people started to say, Cody, you, you can do this for a living. You, you can help people. And I was like, huh. I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to inspire people. I want to become a fitness model. Um, I want to be that person that was a failure that became successful. And I want to show other people that they can do it as well. I fucking and, love that. Right. And, and, and it's crazy. It's just crazy because everything happened really fast. Like in my college career and schooling went by in a blink of an eye. I graduated from the university of South Florida in 2013. And in 2014, uh, I had my first business opened at 21 years old uh, in the health, wellness and fitness space. And, you know, to talk about how hardships can become some of the most beautiful things and blessings in our lives. Like, me and my story are an example of that. Just like y'all, like you two have an amazing story as well. And the things that we dealt with led us to where we are right now, led us to, you know, being here, you know, talking on this podcast and to just share with others, you know, just because one dream uh, can't become your reality to things that you can't control. Doesn't mean that you can't create new goals, new dreams and become successful in another way. You know how many, I have a friend who, uh, spent five years in prison, like at an all time low in his life. And now he's a multimillionaire, extremely successful, extremely sober, like living life, like a legend, a true legend now. And uh, at the hardest time in his life, you know, he was able to overcome that and, and come out of it and uh, create his own business and, you know, just, just prosper from, from his lows. And that's kind of what we all have in common here. Right. And since I started my first uh, NutriShop store in 2014, two years later, I you know created enough success to develop a second location uh, here in Tampa as well. 
which has now uh, been open over four years. And um, two years after that location opened, I started my own health, wellness, um, and fitness consulting company, where now I'm an you know, international fitness coach. I coach people all over the world, celebrities, uh, pro athletes. And now I'm not the athlete, but I get to help people become athletes. Uh, I get to help people go from you know, fat to fit or go from fit to healthy because there's a big you know, oh, gap yeah. in that there's as well. There's a huge gap in that. And, yeah. um, I, do have to have a qu- I do have to ask this question because this is always so cool to me. I want to know, um, for you guys who don't know, are you, you still coach Nick? correct? I do. Yes. Um, can you share that story? Um, just like how that kind of came to be. Um, and can you just share who Nick is? Yeah. First share who Nick is. And just, just, I I just love it. I just, the idea of like, you just, when life is unique and you think you're that special, you just still figure out a way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy because, uh, I, I never knew that what I was getting into would lead to where I'm at today. And, and you don't know, you kind of just, you know, trust your gut. Right. As long as you're passionate about something, as long as you're really doing something for the right reasons, man, it's insane what happens. The universe uh, and what you attract will truly bless you. Um, That's right. And, and you know, I just need to make sure that anybody who does listen to this understands that as long as you have a desire in your heart to give and to be of value to others, uh, you're going to do some amazing things. And I don't want anybody to, to listen to, to my story or anybody else's story and to think that money equals success. True. Because it doesn't fulfillment and giving back and um, you know creating happiness in your life um, is really what matters. Uh, money is just a way to to get things that you don't really need, um, you know. And and you know just to throw that out there, I am giving up my home to move into a camper uh, here. And, and I was talking to David a little bit about this before mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm going off grid. I'm, I'm going to find a way to uh, live more life and to spend less money right? Even though I don't have to, I'm going to, because I have realized that fulfillment comes from just living more life. And a big part of living life for me is, is abundance and joy and giving back to other people and, and being awesome. a helping hand. Um, and, and that really stems from those really hard times growing up where I didn't have help. I didn't have people to ask questions. Uh, it, it occurred from the beginning of my fitness journey where I would walk into a GNC or a vitamin shop and just be sold a product and people there didn't really want to help me. That's really why NutriShop for me is so important and why right. I actually do work in my stores almost seven days a week now for about seven years. Um, you know, I'm not this, you know, this business owner that sits at home and collects. I am very much involved, a uh, very big part of my team's lives. Um, you know, my mom works for me. We're a family business now. And, um, you know, I just, I just want people to take that with them if they listen to this and, and understand that, you know, fulfillment, joy, and, you know, your prosperity will really stem from the amount that you give back to the universe because the universe gives us so, so much. And 100%. Now, so quick question. I, I, uh, <coughs> I, I just would love to hear the, the story of how you met. Like for, I can't pronounce Nick's last name. What's Santa Nick's Nastasso. last name? Yep. Say it again. Santa Nastasso. Santa Nastasso. Yep. How did you meet him? And tell me, tell me like the backstory upon him, just, just like becoming his trainer yep. and who is Nick? So the only way I met him was, uh, again, uh, giving back to others. I, I got to a point in my career where I was giving back to, to so many people and helping so many people. I got invited to an event, a, a small personal event for a mutual friend that me and Nick had. Me and Nick had never met before, but I got to the event. I knew nobody there. Um, but at this point, you know, realizing how important networking was when I got there, you know, I was meeting people and I realized that everybody there at the event was talking and communicating. And I saw Nick when I got there, you know, and he was in his wheelchair, um, kind of sitting off to the side. And I was like, man, like I got to meet that guy. I knew nothing about him. I knew nothing about his vines. He was famous on vine. I knew nothing about, you know, what he was doing currently, uh, didn't know his name. And, um, after the event was over, I walked up to him and I was like, yo, what's going on, man? Like, I'm Cody. Like, I just, I need, I need to meet you. Like, you know, like I just felt his energy, um, which was actually very different than it is now, like modern day, but uh, there was something special about him, um, regardless of his look. Uh, and if you guys don't know Nick, Nick um, was born with a very rare genetic, um, you know, issue. He doesn't like when, he doesn't want people to call it a disorder because he doesn't believe that he has a disorder. Right. Um, you know, he, he's gone through a lot of you know adversity in his life and he's created good out of it. So, uh, yeah, introduced myself to him and you know kind of really didn't go anywhere I like to say that like at the time he didn't really blink an eye at me <laughs> and he shares this <laughs> when he shares the story as well he says the same thing and um I I met 
I reconnected with him at the same event for the same company uh, a few months down the road. And when I, I got there this time, he acknowledged me and he was like, yo, what's up, man? Like, you're here again. And I was like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, hey, you're from here, right? And, and you're in fitness, health, and wellness, uh, right? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, well, I'm going to move here. And when I move here, I'm going to do a bodybuilding competition. I'm trying to break into the bodybuilding industry and, 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 and shake it, you know? And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I didn't really hesitate much. I said, wait, when you move here, you let me know right before you move and I'll start planning out my schedule so that me and you can train together. I said, we'll set up your programming. Um, you know, I'll coach you. I'll, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And uh, don't worry about, you know, anything. I'm going to help you. And a couple of weeks went by. He said, Hey, I'm moving. <laughs> so he moved down to Florida. Um, we helped him get into his own condo, Nick, you know, having no legs and only one arm with one finger on it, lived alone, uh, did everything on his own, <laughs> drove, drove himself to the gym, from the gym to the store to, you know, live life just like a stud, you know, just, just doing things, uh, and, and just like as a victor, you know, just like not letting life, um, you know, stand before him and, and, you know, allowing him to come to a halt. And we started our 12 week prep for his first bodybuilding show. And, um, we, we trained together every single day. Uh, most times I would work my 10 to 12 hour day. I'd get off. Nick would eat his food, um, you know, that we had planned out for him. And we would meet at the gym between like 11 and 12 at night. And we would train from 11 and 12 to 12 to, you know, about one or two in the morning. And um, a lot of times we would spend uh, the early mornings together. I'd go back to his house, sleep for a little while, go back to my house, change, get ready for work. And we just do it all over again for 12 weeks. Well, we got Nick in the best shape of his life. Um, we trained him in a very unique way. I did manual resistance on him where I applied my body pressure on his body uh, for the full 12 weeks. And he went on stage and absolutely crushed it, beat some uh, full bodied guys and um, was in just insane shape. And um, through that 12 weeks, we spent so much time together that we created a very unique bond. Um, and, and me and Nick call each other our best friends, you know, uh, mutually uh, to this day. You know, I talked to him earlier today. I still coach him actively, uh, you know, do his macros for him, make sure that he's dialed in and, and pursuing, you know, what he wants to pursue in life, which is to be fit and to be healthy and to eat correctly, uh, to be able to get on stage and to stand in front of 15,000 people and to be able to impact them with this unique energy that he does have. Um, and, you know, the relationship uh, was definitely – you know, impactful for him going through this transition and the move and, you know, creating, you know, How was that this, for this you? bodybuilding debut well, for like, me. It was, I'm, it was, I'm intrigued. So like when, when you're in the midst of this and he's, I mean, you're just having to figure out strategies to, to get him to work muscles. He's probably never worked or how to create these, these habits. Um, and he's telling you, he's going to do this. What was like some of the first things that go on? He's like, uh, are, were you just straight from the get go? Like, Let's Look, do this, man, or were you were a little bit like, all right, how nope. the fuck am I going to do this? Nope. <laughs> Truthfully, I made a choice to, to do this for him, and mm -hmm. I never thought about it. Uh, he came with the, the energy he needed to come with, the attitude he needed to come with, and throughout this whole 12-week prep, there was only one time where Nick told me he couldn't do something, and I freaked out on him. <laughs> like, freaked. We were, we were in the gym. What were you doing? And we were doing chest and um, we were actually doing his depletion workout where, you know, you knew all about that. Right. So we were, it was a week before his competition and we're, mm -hmm. we're doing an extremely high volume workout where he does over a hundred reps for each body part to deplete his body from all the carbs and to get him as tight as possible before he's going to hit the stage and, and uh, carb up to kind of, you know, bring out all the definition in his body. And I was doing, you know, manual resistance on him, like leaning on him hard. And he was doing chest, like chest press. And, we were like 50 reps through his chest exercise and he was just struggling. We're both, it's middle of the summer. We're sweating. I'm sweating on him. It's just like, it's just like this, this, this nightmare for both of us. Uh, I was also dieting and at the same time not to do a show, but I was, I was doing it with him. Um, so that everything that we're doing was in synergy and you know, that he didn't feel like he was alone. And he looks at me, he, he just like kind of stops. He gives up. And he says, like, oh, Cody, I just can't, I can't do this. And I just went off, <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> went off on him. And, and he, you know, later that day was like, dude, you, you like, you scared me. 
Like I thought you were going to like hurt me. And, and he finished his set. He finished yeah. his exercise. Mm-hmm. He finished the workout. He didn't talk to me much like for a couple hours. Like even though we were together, like it was very quiet. It's kind of like one of those car rides after you get into a fight with your girlfriend or boyfriend or something. Literally. And, and you're just like, doo, doo, doo. but, um, you know, that was the only time that, that anything like that ever happened besides that. Uh, he, he gave so much energy and effort, uh, to his prep, um, you know, from the get go that, um, you know, he solely created the results. I was just there to assist him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this gets into the period of time that no matter what you think your limits are, you really don't have any, your, your limitations sure. are really self-inflicted. And I got Nick's, um, book, uh, title tattooed on my wrist. It says <laughs> uh, victim to Victor. And, um, you know, after me and Nick built this relationship and we started to work together and impact even more people. And we just built this energy in this team. Nick was, I was the only person that Nick really knew here in Tampa besides the one person he worked for when he got here, which, um, you know, he didn't have a friendship with. It was a work relationship. And, um, you know, through me and Nick hanging out, we got him connected with his manager now and, um, or his managers and the people that, you know, go and and step on stage at Tony Robbins events. And uh, we built this team and this energy around us that was just, just like nothing else. And we hit this all time high. And I, I reached this high in my career where uh, I, I got to the point in business and in life and mentally, physically, spiritually, I just felt incredible. And then it was almost stripped from me again. Uh, last June, um, I was a moron and, and I was riding my motorcycle and I was out for a ride on a Sunday afternoon and, and I went down and um, I, I hit a car head on uh, around 60 miles an hour. And I was wearing gear, which saved my life, but I actually um, flew through the air, smacked the road, flew through a ditch, and I, I went straight through a barbed wire fence. And um, I, I hit one of the fence posts with my back. About John, if you haven't back. seen the, the pictures, you have to go check them out. It's wild. And yeah, How I, you're alive I, blows my mind. It, it's, it, I don't, it, it gives me the chills every time I think about I it. I think we're going to put the pictures in this video. Go yeah, ahead. I'll keep going. Yeah, yeah, you can. And um. And so I hit this post, the fence post about halfway, um, you know, up my body on my back and I snapped the post, um, about three inches from the bottom. And I I ended up in a cow pasture standing up on my feet. And whenever I came to, you know, I didn't have that like life flashed before me kind of thing. I didn't, I wasn't, uh, my adrenaline wasn't pumping. I was actually like really at peace. I took about 10 steps. I was breathing a little heavy, but I wasn't like out of it. I was super coherent. Um, my clothes were really like ripped off of me. I was bleeding. Um, and, uh, I immediately got up, uh, you know, as far as I could to the car I ran into. And the first thing out of my mouth was, are you okay? Is your car okay? Um, and I was checking on the other person. And after I I realized that they were okay, um, I sat down on the ground and, uh, I started to evaluate myself right before I sat down. I grabbed my neck to make sure like I wasn't dead already. Like I didn't, (laughs) I got my head hadn't fallen off and I was dreaming. Like it was just so surreal at this point in time where I decided to sit down and kind of self-evaluate and, and, and me being, you know, at this all time high in my life to all of a sudden be like, Holy cow, like I'm dying at this moment where I sat down, I said like, this is, this is, this is probably it for me. And, um, you know, medics showed up and, you know, ran some tests and while they're running some tests, I started to see, like these crazy bright spots in the sky and on the ground and the trees started to move. I was like hallucinating, but extremely calm again, wasn't going into shock or anything like that. Um, I actually walked to the, the gurney and before they put me into the, um, the ambulance to take me to the hospital and in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, I, I made a, like a death video, you know, I made a video on my phone that I had hoped that if I was passing away at this time, that somebody would eventually see, uh, just kind of explaining life and, and the meaning of life. And, I still have it. Um, nobody's ever seen it besides myself. Uh, and it's just a reminder now that, uh, that life is just so valuable and that we, we can't take things for granted. Needless to say, I won't be ever getting on a motorcycle again. Um, I still will partake in action sports, but it was just too close <laughs> for comfort for me. Um, and, and nobody, the medics, uh, the people at the hospital, uh, the cops that showed up on scene before the medics, like didn't know how I was alive. Um, and I didn't know how I was alive. I mean, I literally went straight through a barbed wire fence and, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Um, and and that was, that was a low for me for, for about a second, uh, right before I thought I was about to die and realized that I wasn't going to die. Um, and once I realized that, 
I was going to be okay. I said, this is going to be one more thing that I use as fuel. And uh, man, I spent six days in bed, went back to work on day seven, broken ribs, cut up, bandaged up, and uh, continue to help people and share my love and positivity. And I used my story to help other people going through tough times. Uh, it's insane how many people reached out to me uh, while I was going through this and said, hey, like I've also recently been into an accident and the way that you have bounced back from this so quick has, has made me get myself up and, and, and realize that I can too. And, it, you know, just the joy and, and the abundance of, of happiness that I felt from that uh, you know, just gave me more energy and, and more in, uh, power to, you know, keep moving forward. And I took seven weeks off from the gym, uh, wrote myself a 12 week program after those seven weeks, got back to work and created a pretty insane transformation. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you're and a mule I, now. Thanks, man. I, I, I still <laughs> deal with some complications in some areas of my body from that accident. But um, I, I really don't look at them as complications. I, I look at them as uh, ways that I have to figure out how to adapt and continue to overcome things that I've been through. And, um, you know, needless to say, um, after that, I went to my first Tony Robbins event to watch Nick speak and um, absolutely changed my life. Uh, Nick was, was sharing his, his testimony on stage in front of 15 plus thousand people and uh, called me out, stood me up in front of the whole crowd and shared my story. And and uh, we had a really crazy moment where I held, held Nick up like the Lion King in front of <laughs> these people and they cheered and, and it was the most incredible experience ever. And, and during that event, um, you know, it was just so much positive energy and, and everybody in the room has, uh, you know, the same type of, of, you know, fears or issues or, 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 or trials and tribulations that they've gone through and are trying to create success that um, I no longer felt alone. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because again, a lot of times when you're a business owner, you're, you're trying to pursue a dream or a passion or, or, or whatever it may be, you feel alone. And, um, you know, ever since then, I, I felt extremely at peace. Um, my anxiety uh, for life um, has gone away. I mean, like, it's healed me. I, I no longer deal with anxiety that was once crippling to me. Um, and, and there's just been so much positive change that stemmed from this traumatic event in my life. Right. Uh, but I believe that it's because uh, I chose the victor mentality, which means that no matter what I go through, as long as I have a heartbeat, a soul, and I could be alive, that I'm going to look at life as such a valuable opportunity. And I'm going to choose to have good energy. I'm going to choose to wake up in the morning and bounce out of bed and hit the ground running that uh, nothing can truly stop me until I lay to rest, you know? And um, I feel like you guys are potentially, you know, the same way. hundred percent. And I, I guess a couple things that I would love to, to add on to everything there. Number one, um, as I hear your story fully, obviously we've, we've stayed in contact, but never hearing your story fully other than through Instagram, through everything else, it's always fascinating to kind of hear the full picture um, where I was the same way personally. I don't know about John, um, in this standpoint that when I really started creating momentum in my weight loss and I got to see my, my parents lose weight, I got to, because they were motivated by me. I got to see yeah. people around yeah. me make better decisions just because I was making better yep. decisions. Mm -hmm. That's that was one of the most powerful motivators I had. I was like, wow, just how I treat myself has helped my friends and family make them treating themselves better oh yeah that that, that was huge fuel number two and this is a story that uh um one of my, i just did a i did a gratefulness uh video on facebook a couple like a couple hours ago and i share this story on it where one of my best friends luke um sometimes your best friends and when you're when you're put when you have those true friends that push you it's not always sunshine and rainbows oh, like no. I got in this heated argument with one of my best friends, Luke, because he was like calling me out for being lazy and like not doing what I should be doing. And I got pissed and I'm yelling at him and he's yelling at me, calling me a pussy and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just getting frustrated. And then I end up like sitting in my room, getting a project that needed to get done, done in like three hours. I get out and I look at him and I'm like, fuck you, man. Cause I, cause he got, cause he got me so angry, but I got it done. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it was whenever Nick stepped off stage uh, at his bodybuilding show. And I was like, remember that time you told me you couldn't do it and I got mad at you? It's because I believed in you and I knew you could. Right. And, um, you know, whenever you have some of those heated moments, uh, it just, it really, it really pushes you, right? Mm -hmm. I've had the same types of, of uh, I was almost broke 
um, you know, after I opened up my second store, I, I, I spent some money just unresponsibly. And, um, you know, I, I was, I had, I had like no money to my name and I went and sold this gold chain, uh, that I had from when I was in like middle school and made like 600 bucks enough to pay my mortgage. And that pushed me to create my 12 week program. Uh, and my 12 week program, uh, made me just not only it didn't only help so many people, it helped me get out of that financial hole I was in. Uh, but without that low time in my life, I probably wouldn't have ever really, I always wanted to, you know, do the whole program and, and, and online coach with people, but I, I really had the nutri shop. So I didn't, you know, feel like I had the time or the energy to put into something else. And it pushed me to, it was like, I got to do this. And I got to do it now. Right. I got to start getting clients. <laughs> and once I started helping those people, more people started to want my help in my uh, professional opinion. Um, and it, man, what an amazing outcome that became, you know, over, over two years, I was able to double my income um, just because this low point in my life pushed me to do something more. Cody, you're a gangster, bro. <laughs> Thanks, I'm, I'm going to be honest uh, with you. You know, before we started this right. podcast, you were like, yeah, no, just feel free to jump in and I don't want to talk the whole time. And I'm sitting here like, I don't have shit to say, bro, because you are just, <laughs> fuck. Holy you know, shit. Life, man. Life. I'm 28, almost 29. I'll be 29 in August. And uh, the experience. When in is, August? Uh, August 16th. On the 14th. Heck yeah. Wait, wait. Your birthday is August 14th? That is my day of birth. That's fucking my birthday. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Hey, we're all Leos. <laughs> wait, wait, Leo, baby. Makes sense. Wait, wait, wait. See that energy? That energy. Wait, wait, wait. How old are you? Me? Yeah. I'm going to be 27. 8, 14, 93. Ah, oh, I'm 8, 14, 91. God, oh, right. munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. is hysterical yeah, i never boys. knew this wow we're business partners this is crazy <laughs> that is well, just, i love it on the flip side man thank you um, no no for real for real for real like yeah, you can just just by talking to you like just allowing you to to tell your story like you can tell the personal growth behind you oh it's been insane i it's, love it it's, it's I, absolutely I love it. insane um and and the most people that are trapped in some kind of um, you know, mental battle or struggle, uh, man, it's just self-inflicted. I, I, I studied psychology at the university right. of South Florida, um, and understanding how the, the, the brain and the body are connected and how the, the brain works. Um, really you can tell it to do anything, you know, mm -hmm. you just yeah. have to choose yeah. to. And, it's just a big and old supercomputer. It's this simple. It's this simple victim to Victor, which I one do you want to be? Right. It's that simple in your head. You can say, you know what, today, I'm going to do something differently. Or you could wake up and say, you know what? I'm just going to do everything the same. I've always been doing it. And I'm not going to make any changes. And, and one decision can change your life forever. Uh, one decision multiple times over has helped me change my life in, in many different ways. You know, yeah. um, just the choice to not be that person that I was my sophomore and junior year in high school. Right. You know, and, and, and that one choice, uh, you know, kind of has written my destiny up until this point. You know, and um, it's going to continue to, um, you know, if any point in time now I'm dealing with something, I know and fully understand that I am capable uh, of doing whatever I want to uh, start something or to get out of something, whether that's a relationship, um, a business, um, a, a meeting. I don't, it doesn't matter uh, if it's, it really doesn't feel right to you, then you have every, uh, every, you know, capability of, of, of making it different or better for yourself. Uh, it's just, I can't even explain it, um, because it's just such a part of my life now where, you know, I wake up and, and I believe what I believe, right. um, that, that it's, it's hard because I, I try to tell people when I'm mentoring them, like, it's like, you don't have a ball and chain right. to your mm -hmm. ankle or holding you down. Like, why are you still in this toxic relationship? Why are you still doing this job that you don't like? You know, oh, you're scared of losing your job. Be, you know, or quitting because you're worried about money. Like, haven't you figured it out before? Right. Figure it out again. You know, you could go work a part-time job until you find out your next thing. You can create your own business or you can create a job, um, you know, online somehow. And I think that people get stuck in this, this comfortable, um, you know, right. feeling and, and they, they really, you know, again, limit themselves to reaching their potential. And, yeah, the and big I just, thing, 
refuse. I sorry to. to oh to no, you're good. I refuse to uh, even accept that where I'm at right now is my potential. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it keeps me pushing and fighting for more. And again, that's not more money. That's just more life. Yeah. Um, you know, impacting more people, um, you know, helping somebody out with a podcast that can, can touch lives of others, whatever it may be, I'm going to make time for it and I'm going to, you know, give effort to it and, and hopefully be an example for other people. Right. And keep sharing my story to where people say, I can do that. I can yeah. have faith in myself and I can do what I want to do. Love yeah, because I, I love that statement. I, I'm a huge advocate of just, for the longest time, so many people are caught up in thinking there's some kind of evil demon in them that controls them. Like That's there's the somehow some evil yeah. gremlin moving inside of you. And it's like, I'm yep. it just doesn't exist. That's like, the subconscious you, mind. Yeah. You are in control. Like you, are. You, you have that ability to make change. You may not think so, but you do. But yep. you, you really do. And then, John, I, I want you to, as, as we wrap this thing up here, I want you to ask your favorite question. Well, first, I need three tools from you. Oh, perfect. That you can, uh, that you can give back to uh, the people listening before we get to my favorite question. Yeah. So, like, basically three tools, like three things that someone can tangibly, as they listen to this story, they listen to some different impacts. Like, what are three things of tools that people can utilize to help make that next logical step in their life? Uh-oh. Uh oh! Can you guys hear me? Hello. So, sorry, sorry, you guys yeah, broke up a little bit. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, now we're good. It's okay. We're good. Um, so it was me. Yeah, the, you're good. The three, the three tools. Um, number one is to be physical in right. some way, shape, or form every single day. Do something that makes you sweat and that releases the endorphins that you need to release in order to create more happiness in your life and a better connection with your mind and your body. Uh, stop um, thinking that they're different. They're the same. They're part of one. Uh, the better you treat your body, the better your mind will function. The more you feed your soul and your mind, the better your body will respond. Uh, it all has to work, uh, you know, synergistically. Um, my second tool would be to put good nutrients in your body. Um, at my all-time low, it was the time where I was eating the worst I'd ever eaten in my life. My body and my mind weren't functioning well because of the food I was putting in my body. And that didn't allow me to overcome some of the struggles as fast as I could have overcome them because the chemical imbalances that are occurring in my body and in my brain were prohibiting me from becoming who I am today and who I am becoming in the future. Uh, And my third and final tool um, would be to give. Um, It would be to give as much as you can, no matter how much you have. Give give some more. And whenever you think you're done giving, keep giving. Um, the more you give, the more you get back. Uh, this universe works in crazy ways. And at the times where I was selfish and didn't give were the times of my life that I never want to experience ever again. And the times where I was giving the most have been some of the best times of my life. And uh, those are the three tools that I would tell anybody to start implementing uh, on a daily basis. I love, I love that, it. man. I love that. All right. So it's time for my favorite question of the podcast. Cody, if you could go back in time and talk, talk to 12-year-old Cody before everything had went on in your life, back when you were being bullied, when you didn't know what was going on, what would you say to him right now? I would simply tell him that you are your unique person and you are that person that can change the world. And you could be that person that impacts people and that can accomplish anything that you want and desire as long as you believe in yourself. Um, Whenever I was dealing with, you know, the bullying growing up, um, I had the hardest time believing in myself because the things that I heard, the thing or other things that I believed and because of the things I heard, my belief to be great lacked. And, you know, on the other side of that, once I realized that I didn't have a ball and chain to my ankle, it didn't matter what anybody said or anybody did. Um, as long as I believed in what I wanted, who I could become, I could do it. And, um, you know, believing is everything, you know, it's cliche, but you know, if you can believe you can achieve and, and the mind, as long as you can believe with your heart and your soul and your mind, you can do it. I truly believe in it because um, I'm proof. Results deep knowledge, <laughs> baby. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. 
Cody, you are probably the biggest gangster we've ever had on here. It's been <laughs> a pleasure you. talking to you. Uh, can you tell us where we can find you online, how we can shop at your store, plug all your shit? Absolutely. Um, if you guys do want to learn about supplements, I'm very education-based when it comes down to this. Wanting to make sure you guys are taking or using support products that are right for you. Um, you know, no strings attached. Reach out to me on Instagram. It's Cody underscore Dura, D-U-R-A. Uh, on Facebook, it's just Cody Durakovic. Uh, if you type in Cody Dura, I'll probably pop up. Um, those are the two platforms I use the most. Um, feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm on there all the time. Awesome. And you, but you're not on TikTok. Oh, I am on TikTok. Thank uh, I you. Think it's, I think it's Cody Dura as well, or Cody underscore Dura. I and, post uh, sometimes on there. Uh, your shops, your shops have IGs. Uh, yeah, it's NutriShop Northdale underscore NutriShop South Tampa. And if you do want to just go look at what we carry, you can go to NutriShopSouthTampa.com. Um, and that will give you guys you know, everything that you really need. But uh, I think the best way to do this is to reach out to me and let me help you. Again, I'm here to give to you guys. Um, again, no strings attached. Don't want you guys to think that um, you know you have to give me anything. Uh, I'll be more than happy to help you guys answer your questions and to get you guys on the right track. Oh, by the way, last thing, just to know how gangster uh, Cody really is. This man sends me Snapchats where he drinks uh, egg whites, like a whole mm, car- yeah. carton of egg whites. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's like his breakfast, an entire big, thick carton of egg whites. Uh, I just see him down this thing. I'm like, you are a savage. <laughs> Car- carton of egg whites a day, man. Love Keeps it. the I- doctor away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I awesome, love it. Man. Well, this I appreciate you guys. Definitely. Yeah, and, uh, take this care. Was... Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Cody, thank you. Thank you for uh, dropping all this knowledge on us, man. You got it. Love sharing right, my fam. story. You guys Until take care, next right? time. Until next time. Toodles. See y'all.